Coming up on the Magnificently Huge podcast, the lost art of the double feature, which is double your pleasure, double your fun for half the money. And who doesn't like to save a buck or two when it comes to cheap entertainment? And it doesn't get any cheaper than this. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crap all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Oh, hey there, listener. Welcome to another rousing episode of the Magnificently Huge Podcast. This is episode 53. My name is Chris, along with my cohort, Eric and Brian. Well, this week we're talking about the lost art of the double feature. What is a double feature, you say? Well, if you're asking that, then basically you're under five. But if you're over five, you've heard of a double feature, and you may have seen one from time to time. Uh, That's when theaters take two movies that seemingly don't have any connection, and then they show them together as some sort of... Uh, thing as a unit uh, and you just kind of have to figure out why that's happening we're gonna throw some pairings at you that we think are fun things that may not work things that we think do work it's kind of an up and down kind of thing and uh, it's gonna be fun so thanks for stopping by we do appreciate it Uh, if you like what you hear have suggestions want to tell us your favorite double features uh, by all means send us an email to magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com we'd be more than happy to answer you Uh, you can also Head on over to iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud and Google Play. Find us there. Subscribe to us. Uh, you'll catch the the new shows every week when they come out. And then uh, you can leave us five-star ratings and review us, and uh, we would be ever appreciative. And then you can also go over to our Twitter page. Uh, we got Facebook. You can just find us there, Magnificently Huge. Uh, and then you would want to follow us as well. Be part of a community. Have fun with that. And then head on over to our website, maghuge.com. We've got new shows, old shows, other stuff, fun stuff uh, all the time. So thanks for stopping by. We hope you enjoy our show all about the double feature. And we're back <laughs> again. Yeah. Yeah, are you you all right there eric yeah yeah you want to you want to hear the rattle in my chest i can i can make i can wait all right now i can't do it now i coughed are you pneumatic <laughs> phlegmatic hydromatic we've got a man down yeah uh so we're we're very pleased that you're you're stoically bulling through uh yet another magnificently huge podcast yeah, I, I thank you for giving me a couple of extra days. We were doing it on a Tuesday instead of a Saturday because by Saturday I realized I'm I, I was just fucked. So <laughs> I I usually get these colds a little ahead of the curve. So I'm guessing about a third of everyone listening to it has it now. So M O O N that spells cold. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, a that's, little huge. That's gonna hurt so much this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, today's goal: make Eric laugh yeah. so much that it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, well, okay. yeah. Uh, so we've had a few days. Is everybody ready for the fun? Because I'm. <sighs> I think this one's going to be amazing. 
just I got I got to tell you guys uh this is Brian by the way. I, hi. Hi Brian. Um I got to tell you guys about my afternoon. So uh today my youngest uh kid got his driver's license in the mail. You know, he'd had like the paper license. Sweet. Yeah, he also totaled the car this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Everybody oh got a car. Um it's a Nissan Versa. It was the one that was paid off. That I don't let kids drive cars that are getting payments made on them. Wise but, man. Yeah, this For one this had reason. been held in reserve so that you know uh, a kid could drive it, and he totaled it today. <laughs> Is he okay? He's okay. His friend who was a passenger okay. is okay. He he hit like you know those uh, trailers that the gardeners haul around. Yeah. You know, yeah, where they like tie the little animal on the back to keep the chupacabra away. <laughs> he hit <laughs> he hit one of those that was at a full stop on the on the freeway. Ouch. Um the the trailer like the the tail lights on the trailer weren't even cracked, but the Versa just crumpled. <laughs> Damn. Oh. Yeah. Well, oh. I'm sorry. That's to funny. Yeah. It. Okay. Well, good luck with that. I, Hooray! I- I, I, I think we just learned what kind of people Chris and I are, though, because Chris led with, is everyone okay? And I led with, which car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once again, proof that uh, Eric and I form one whole human being <laughs> together. Uh, so, uh, so today's topic, uh, if we weren't aware yet, uh, we were going to talk about the whole concept of double feature movies because they don't really do them anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I was kind of curious as to uh, why that is your thoughts on the matter, etc. cetera. Um, so I thought, you know, we could just sort of uh, lead off with just some, you know, roundabout regarding double features. Like, do you like them? Do you care? I tend to find it's just a little bit too much movie. Really? So you'll sit through like a three-hour movie, but would you find it a chore to sit through two 90-minute movies together? I don't know. We'll have to come back to that, but uh, for the most part, I think, yeah. I mean, look at Grindhouse, which was like a forced double feature. Yeah, I figured it was going to come up at some point, uh, so we might as well get that elephant out of the room now. Yeah. I mean, uh, Have I, we all seen? Nope. Oh, good man, Brian. Don't. <laughs> from the directors Don't. of Reservoir Dogs, Desperado, Pulp Fiction, From Dusk Till Dawn, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, Kill Bill, and Sin City, Tarantino and Rodriguez are back. Only this time, they're back to back with a double feature that'll tear you in two. Uh, it's basically Tarantino and uh, Rodriguez. Uh, at their worst the impulses are just not in check at all and they're unfettered and they're really horrible so but you've but, dodged that yeah but they, no interest but they have the added benefit of being glued together so that you get twice as much yeah but the interesting thing about that is that they released it as the double feature quote-unquote and nobody went because it's such a dumb idea yeah that they split it into the two separate movies and then released them as individuals, and still nobody went. Right. Uh, so I think that speaks more to the fact that they're both bad movies 
than anything else. But also the idea of having to sit there that long. You know, I mean, even if you yeah, like yeah. a movie, having to sit there that long, it's, I've, I don't know, when I've gone to double features, usually halfway through the second one, I go, I think I've had enough. Okay. Yeah, the only double features I see anymore are the, like, they'll do the marathons when a new movie's coming out, like, they'll, they'll do a marathon of the movies leading up to it from the, from yeah. the franchise or whatever, but I haven't participated in any of those. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, have you... Have you done double features at all ever in your life, though? Like in a theater? It's been a long time. It's been yeah, a while. It's been a while. It's been a while <laughs> since I sat in a double feature show. It's been a while. Uh, okay, now that's now that's in there real good. Yeah. Okay. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, yeah, they're just weird because nobody does them anymore. Uh, when I was digging around, just kind of getting some background... Uh, they really died off after the 40s. Yeah. It seems like they died off with the advent of television, when people could just sit on their asses at home and didn't have to go anywhere. That kind of seems like the the harbinger to me. Well, they, they were a staple um, of the drive-in movie theater, right? Yeah, for for a while. In the 60s, pretty much it died off almost completely. Uh, and then it just became a thing of like art houses and revival houses right. doing things to, to kind of entice people in. But most of the, the major studios were just doing the single features by then. So it's a, I, I remember double features being a bigger thing, but now that I think back, they really weren't. So that's maybe just a false memory. I, I always wondered if it's... Okay, because the, the main feature would have like a serial and a newsreel and a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, mm. I always assumed the double feature was the product of like crap studios like Columbia that would turn out cheap stuff and so you could just run two movies as opposed to doing news of the world or yeah. any of those other things interesting that you bring that up class mm. uh, because basically it b- became a thing with the studios in the depression era to get butts and seats because they realized that the cheaper studios were doing the double features and people were going it was a way to get out of the house. They could just spend a, a, a long chunk of time away from their problems. Right. And then everything was hunky-dory. So the big studio said, hey, we need some of that cash. So they started doing it. But then they started doing this thing called block booking, which is they would force theaters to take the shitty movies along with the big movies. Right. And so they would double their volume. And this is back when the studios had monopolies on the theater chains. And then there was the whole antitrust thing. And then that crapped out but they still did the double features and they still did this block booking which is questionable uh to put it politely uh but it was usually you know you can have the big a list feature but you got to play the b feature as well uh and then like american international studios like that came along and they just started churning out nothing but b features and slapping them together and that's kind of i think what most people think of as the double feature but well, I think, Chris, you know, I think you might have thought they were a bigger thing because of the theater. And you mentioned it when we were, you know, talking about this episode earlier this week. But the University Dollar Theater here in Arizona. Yes. In, in Tempe, Arizona. Beautiful suburban Tempe, Arizona. We got so ourselves we a trailer a theater. park in suburban Tempe. We we had a we had a theater here that that ran the second run movies and it was a dollar to get in but you could stay for a double feature yeah. so they had two was, old movies 
It was glorious. Yeah. It was so glorious. At uh, one point, they split the theater down the middle. It used to be a you know like a one theater building, yeah. and then they just built a wall right in the center, <laughs> straight up to the yeah. screen. It and, was like uh, one, yeah, to, so one like giant sort of screens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like some. It was like it started as sort of a giant, somewhat okay theater because the sound was really shitty and it always smelled like mildew. But you know, whatever. You pay a buck to get in, and then they built the wall, and suddenly it was two definitely shitty theaters. Yeah. <laughs> but it was still a dollar, so who cared? Last I saw, uh, that was that was like um, a, a massage therapy place. They had painted it. They had, oh, that's right. They had painted it Phoenix, Arizona beige, and they had made oh, it into a, some kind of massage therapy place. That was like one of the temples of my youth there, because I moved yep. to Phoenix in what eighty five, and I spent a a large chunk of my time at the Dollar Theater uh, before I had any friends. Uh, so before I met you guys, <laughs> I just basically sat by myself in a darkened theater for a huge chunk of time. It's and then once you got friends, now. we all went to the dollar theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there. then we sat together. Yeah. It's not like but we I just remember out. some... It's more like you pulled us in. We get it. Yeah. Hey. I'm a, I'm a black hole like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, ironically, that's the first film I saw at that theater, The Black Hole. I'm not kidding. Uh, yes. Yeah. Not kidding. Was it a yeah. double feature with anything? No, no. Or that was, was back when it was a, a real movie theater and it got real movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just... In, Prepping for this episode, I was definitely waxing nostalgic about that, so I'm happy you brought it up, Brian. Uh, but there were some some humdingers of a double feature that I saw there, uh, and I the chief of them, I think the best one I saw, because whoever was programming their movies was a genius, <laughs> but it was uh, Young Sherlock Holmes as a double feature with The Great Mouse Detective. I thought that one was a really good one. I can <laughs> oh. I see that. Yeah. Yeah. So that sucked me in and then there was the time I saw uh Iron Eagle and the Delta Force <laughs> with uh Lee Marvin and Chuck No, not Chuck Norris. It was uh yeah, it was Chuck Norris. Yeah. Lee Marvin uh fighting terrorists and he like Chuck Norris had the motorbike with the guns on it. Uh but probably the the f- the most fun I had in an afternoon at the University Theater was the the day I saw King Solomon's Mines with Richard Chamberlain, coupled mm-hmm. with Jewel of the Nile, uh, which oh was my. the sequel to Romancing the Stone. Yeah, so, so a lot two of, a lot Indiana of Jones knockoffs for the price of a <laughs> yeah, dollar. basically, and they're they're so obvious. But it's a buck. It's like that's fifty cents a movie. I might just stay for the third one. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but that sort of gave me the. And then that's so when I think of double features, I don't swing for the fences and think of the typical horror stuff, which is really super easy. I start thinking of weird pairings and how mm. that would work. So we can get into that a little later. Um, sure. But, uh, but as for double features, I mean, do you, do you like your double features themed or do you care at all uh, what kind of link there is between the two movies? Do they need a link? Uh, it's something that I pondered all week and I wasn't quite sure if I could answer it myself. Oh. I, it's a good question. I think one serves as an aperitif for the other, right? Because even if the first movie kind of sucks, if it's the right kind of sucks, it puts you in the mood for the second one. I I remember a double feature at that same uh, that same theater. 
I can't remember what the first movie was other than I hated it and I wanted to get out. <laughs> because mm-hmm. the, But you stuck around for the second. And the second movie was Return of the Living Dead. And I am sure it was better because of the awful first movie. Oh, so what would have come out in 85 that they would have paired with that? That's I don't an know. interesting. But it was like, it was like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure if it was a disease movie. Or I think it was some kind of disease was it movie. The Fly 2? No, it wasn't even that. <laughs> well, if only. Yeah. If only. I saw The Fly 2 at the, at the Dollar Theater. I don't remember what it was paired with, but yeah. yeah. Shocker. That would have been fun. No. Oh. That was 89, uh, according to our last episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's probably why it's top of mind. Uh, <laughs> Well, it's it's super easy to like do. Oh, it's here's two films from the same director, but different periods of his career. Right. Uh, that kind of that kind of jackassery. That's that to me is just lazy. That's like the nah, easy way out. There needs to be there needs to be some kind of connection. I think for it to be a good double. Feature. Otherwise, it's just you know, hey, two movies. You know, yeah. watch it. Uh, otherwise, I, yeah, you're just binging Netflix. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I, I know, uh, are we are we allowed to say what our picks were for our double feature? Because uh, only if you don't really want to build the suspense and have it be a surprise. All right. Oh, I mean, the there's suspense. no. Well, then I'll hold. There's, there's but, no rules. But I'll, I'll uh, say that my my choice is based on conversation between the two filmmakers. I dig that. When you've got a, okay. somebody makes a film. And then somebody makes basically a response film, like, um, oh, I can't, I, I, yeah, I can't remember the name of, uh, um, I can't goddamn remember the name of the two movies I'm thinking of, but if I do, <laughs> I'll tell you. Okay. Well, it'll, it'll come up. We'll, we'll come back to you. right now. Yeah. Okay. What about, what if it was like two movies that like one, they both had the same source material like two takes on romeo and juliet or yeah um, exactly you know one movie is is something of a remake of the other you know yeah those those are more interesting to me because i think to me being a giant film nerd since i was a a youngin uh a wee sprout the double features that do stuff like that are more interesting to me because they're sort of uh teaching exercises in how film works okay i agree now I now I remember, if you don't mind. My, Hit me. Uh, did you ever see Antonioni's Blow Up? Yeah. The hip photographer who, you know, lives kind of a playboy life, takes pictures, ends up <laughs> ends up having his head <laughs> head fucked with. Uh, so I that think they, I know where you're going with this. Oh, really? Oh. Hello? Hello? Hey. Yeah, you're still there. Oh, okay, cool. I thought... Uh, yeah, so blow up about this photographer, the young hip, you know, happening guy he gets his head fucked with. By the end of it, he goes insane. Uh, then, uh, uh, oh boy, why do words not work anymore? Um, um, oh, is, Tra- guy. Is, Tra- is Travolta in it? No, 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 not not okay. no, no. Blow out sucks ass. Uh, no, the conversation. Okay. Uh, okay, with Hackman. Yeah. Uh, that uh, oh, I was hoping you were going to go for high anxiety. Oh no, God! <laughs> Damn it! Been yeah. Awesome. Yeah, high anxiety. <laughs> That'd be good too, though, wouldn't it? Like like vertigo, yeah. vertigo, v- vertigo, and high, and high anxiety. anxiety. Yeah. yeah, I like it exactly. Uh, yeah, now you're on my wavelength. Okay, now you know what we're doing. So yeah, it's it's interesting when you talk to people about it because I've had conversations like this at other times with other people. And it's always a good litmus test to see kind of what their mindset is like regarding film. Mm-hmm. 
because you can see people that like do the total obvious ones and it's you know it's like hey that's great but when you get people that just throw out these weird esoteric pairings yeah uh it's just it blows my mind because it's stuff you would might not have ever thought of before uh and so i i thought of some of those and written them down i don't know if you guys had any uh that you maybe want to throw out like just stuff that shouldn't work but probably would maybe like what uh oh like for start like like anti mame paired with uncle buck i think that would be a fun <laughs> a fun evening <laughs> uh you know something like that i i uh, i think uh the breakfast club and to sir with love would work okay because they're both okay. high school sucks but in a, yeah. in a in an actual way, not in the yeah. fun, lighthearted way that old people say that high school sucks. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm going to go with The Graduate and Kramer versus Kramer. Hmm. Oh, a yeah. Hoffman. A Hoffman. <laughs> so are you doing like Hoffman as a young fuck up versus Hoffman as a middle aged fuck up? Yeah, basically, is I it, just, you know, the young idealist has to go through a divorce is really what I'm saying. Hmm. Okay. So basically what, what happened uh, when he did get married to that woman. There you go. Okay. Huh. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I'd written down a, a, a few. Like, I'd mentioned Gumball Rally a few shows back, uh, which was just like a road racy thing. Uh, that would make a good pairing with Cannonball Run. That's an example of something like an obvious uh, pairing, uh, but it still works for me. But then you look at stuff like, have you ever seen Battle Royale, the Japanese movie? Yeah, yeah. Uh, where the... The junior high kids are stranded on the island, and basically they have to fight to the death. The, in the, survivor the one that Hunger Games might have stolen from, yeah, yeah, and that would like be a Hunger Games pairing. Uh, but Battle Royale is such a better movie. Oh, how about uh, how about Arthur and uh, 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 the man with the golden arm? So you get like the fun in- of addiction, interesting, and then the price of <laughs> and addiction. Then the lows. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, kind of uh, in that same vein, the highs and lows, I thought it would be uh, fun if I could ever catch a double feature of Song of the South and Django Unchained. Wow. <laughs> I thought that would be a good one. <laughs> yeah. So Disney's been remaking all of their old stuff, but yeah. I want to know how they're going to deal with Song of the South. Are oh, they're, they're not. Ever gonna... They're not. <laughs> oh, they're not. Obviously. That thing's going to stay in that vault forever. Yeah. You're not getting Uncle Remus so, ever. <laughs> so... My wife's father passed away, and we're going through all of his old stuff. And, and one of the things is this book of Uncle Remus stories that, you know, Disney, the Disney version of Uncle Remus stories that, you know, had been just read to her as a kid throughout her whole childhood. Like, oh, yeah, I remember this. We used to read this in Sunday school and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Br'er Rabbit. Yeah, you can't beat he, it. You know, here's the thing. Uh, uh, life is beautiful. Uh, is a film that nobody seems to look at as completely fucking tasteless. But I, I, I say I want a double feature of name, name your Holocaust film that took it seriously. Schindler's List, Holocaust, any of those films, followed by Life is Beautiful. And I promise you, people will halfway through Life is Beautiful just start screaming. Yeah, How could this happen? The yeah, yeah. It's like any exactly. poor taste joke I might make about the Holocaust because I'm a dick. <laughs> they exactly. do worse by actually believing you can make a lighthearted comedy out of the fucking Holocaust, <laughs> which is not possible. Yeah, not at all. Ugh. Yeah. Well, another good pairing like that that I thought of this week too. Uh, have you ever seen an early Peter Jackson movie called Meet the Feebles? <laughs> 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 
mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yes. Which is I, like like psychotic Muppets. I thought that would be an awesome pairing with the actual Muppet movie. Yeah, I thought the, that would be hilarious. The, the, oh, the hippo fucking the cat to death, I think is. Yeah, and yeah. then the Kermit the Frog character is like a, a Vietnam vet yeah. uh, with PST who's a heroin addict. I are, mean, you guys, it's just are you guys aware of the existence of the Happy Time Murders? I, I just saw the trailer this week, which also made me think of it. Yeah, yeah. I think Brian that's right Henson. up Eric's alley. It's <laughs> Brian Henson is directing a, a a filthy mouth Muppet movie. Honestly, the trailer left me cold. Like it wasn't funny. Yeah, <laughs> which means the movie is probably good by the the rubric of. Well, there trailers. you go. So we'll have yeah. to address that someday. The the good preview, bad movie. Uh, yeah, rule. That's that sounds like an episode of the podcast. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah so any others any other pairings that pop to mind that you think would be fun uh like if we were running a theater and we said hey let's get some people in here and have some some movie time uh, mm. what, what would be the draw mm. G- grease and saturday night fever okay Ooh, that's a lot of music. Yeah, but and a lot of which one do you watch first? Do you watch Grease first or Saturday Night Fever first? I I think you lead with Grease. I think you lead with Grease so that people are happy. Yeah, and then you slap the the disco on them. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, rape scene. The New York, the New York grittiness is. Yeah, that's not gonna. That's not gonna make the evening start well. But if anything, it gives people a taste for why. Travolta was a big deal in you know the mid seventies. I mean, yeah. Well, you know the the boy in the bubble is now on Amazon Prime, so you can watch that. Yeah, yeah. With anything, and and he's uh, one of OJ's lawyers in the OJ versus the People versus OJ Simpson, <laughs> and oh my God, he's actually good. You know, it's like one of the first times I've ever seen him as an actor acting and going, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who knew? Well, well, the only one that I've got left, and this is mostly for uh, for the benefit of Brian, because uh, I think you did actually bring this up at some point in one of the shows. Okay. Uh, but it would be Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Election. I think would be a good pairing. Yeah, because you because you had brought up that Ferris Bueller basically is the teacher in Election, all grown up and uh, just beaten down by life. Yeah, well, that was I think Matthew Broderick it. actually is the person who said that. Um, oh, was it? In, okay, in the, yeah, in the press junket for election. So I can't okay. take credit for that. Well, you should. Yeah, because no one will know. I wouldn't have uh, known. I think no one's gonna know because they're not <laughs> listening to this podcast, dude. No one is gonna know. <laughs> I think if we yeah. can include LSD in this, uh, I would say RoboCop followed by Tetsuo the Iron Man. But you have to drop right <laughs> at the beginning of RoboCop because I think the build is gonna hit. Right around the time, uh, you know, uh, what's his name is fired and RoboCop throws him through the window. And there's that hilarious okay. claymation kind of fall to the ground. Uh, and then you get Tetsuo, right? Right as so, things start okay, going. Okay, can we, can we go All to right. the fresh shit? Because that leads so well into my fresh shit. Ooh. Yeah, let's do the fresh shit. This shit is fresh. Oh, shit. That is fresh. This stuff is real. So the closest thing there is to a cross between RoboCop and Tetsuo the Iron Man is called Upgrade, which is a movie I saw this weekend. You did go to see that. I absolutely. So this is like, yeah, I wrote Cronenberg meets RoboCop with a dash of the Matrix and every movie you used to rent at Blockbuster (laughs) for a few hours. (laughs) 
<laughs> God damn it. This is a low-budget sci-fi action movie. It, it was made for like $5 million in 2018 dollars. Is the name Dave Decatu anywhere on it? Uh, who knows? The guy who's in <laughs> who it knows? is is uh, is a bargain basement. Um, uh, oh, God. Tom Hardy. He looks just like Tom Hardy. The conceit is he's a... He's a paraplegic who who was he was paralyzed by some baddies, and he gets a chip implanted in him that has an AI in it that allows his brain to talk to the rest of his body. But the chip also has a mind of its own, and he can give control of his body to the chip, and so he can like do badass kung fu moves. And the thing that this guy is capable of doing is he he can act like his head is appalled and surprised by everything his body is doing while his body is kicking all sorts of ass. It's 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 nuts. It's fun. <laughs> I'm already thinking, you know what? Roberto Benini could have made a great comedy out of that. The exact same premise, only he keeps grabbing women's asses, he keeps like stuffing food in his face and what am I doing? Yeah. I do not know. And better yet, it's set it's set during the Holocaust. Yes. I think that would oversell it. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, upgrade um Worth worth your time. Um, I don't know how it. Re- that, but it, it's it was directed by one of the guys who did Saw, so it's got a couple of of gruesome. Kills. Oh, oh, that's right. Okay. Um, so that so would that be defined as what we used to call a a dollar movie? Oh yeah. You know, when when it was the big thing, you basically be like ah, not first run, but that's a dollar movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is the sort of thing. This is the sort of thing we would have rented and watched. It's it's. You know, you love it in the way you love something like Hudson Hawk or a Jason Statham movie. Ooh, ouch! Yeah, ouch. It's, it's great. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, it was much better than the play I went and saw at the theater in at Gamage. I went and saw The Humans, which won the Tony for Best Play in 2016. It sucks. Uh-huh. Don't see it. Like Jolene was angry. At it, the, su- at this play. it sucks as a play, or it sucks like because it's another roadshow. It sucks as a play. Like there is really no plot. Um, it is a bunch of irritating. Pe- it, it's supposed to be a bunch of people sort of saying this is what life is like uh, in 2016. You know, so there's there's people who represent uh, the plight of the millennials, and there's people who represent the plight of the working class. You know, who are too old and and they've lost their jobs and. It's uh, who it, and they're all it trying sucks. to it's make a, rent. Rent. They need it's, their. Oh rent. no, there's they no singing. Rent, it's rent. just a one act play. Oh yeah, and, there's no singing. There's barely any acting. And they, from the sound of it, they. It's a family having Thanksgiving dinner and yelling at each other. It's it sucks. Oh, God, I think I've seen that one. Uh, um, two other two other things, uh, real quick. The new season of Kimmy Schmidt, uh, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, is on Netflix. I I was kind of not sure about it for the first two episodes, but the third episode, if nothing else, just the third episode, is a parody of Netflix documentaries. The My whole life. episode... Go ahead. I, I gave up on Kimmy Schmidt like a couple seasons ago, but my, my wife said to me, I know you don't like the show anymore. You have to watch this one episode. That is so you saw one. it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's great. It's this guy, it's this douchebag DJ who ends up making a documentary about the the preacher who had the women in his bunker. Um <laughs> And then finally a video game recommendation. This is a little indie game. It costs like 20 bucks. It's called Yuku's Island Express. It is a charming little hand-painted 2D game 
where you're a bug that's rolling a ball around and you got to help out a bunch of other critters in the world, but you can't jump all of your... Really, all the gameplay is pinball. Um, the world is full of little bumpers, and that's how you knock your guy around the world, and you have to play pinball ramps, and it's done in like five, six hours. It's a great little slice of video game. So Yuku's Island Express, everybody. Check it out. I don't think I've ever heard a video game review where the word charming was used. <laughs> so yeah, you, I appreciate your... You don't play, you don't play the right that. games. That's all. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't play that. Homie, don't play that. No, never mind. Uh, <laughs> so that's my okay. fresh shit. Okay, thank oh. you. Uh, pass the baton to Eric over there. I I only have sicky? one fresh shit. Um, but it's 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 an extended fresh shit uh, because I got sick Friday night. No, no, Friday morning. I was sick Thursday. Anyway, Friday I was like, well. What am I going to do? I'm going to sit around and watch TV. Uh, and I, Amazon was giving a free tr- seven-day trial for the CBS All Access package. And mm, part of that okay. All Access package is season one of Star Trek Discovery. And I was like, well, fuck yeah. I, I, the only is reason there anything I else on CBS All Access? Yeah, there That's is. That's what I was going to ask. It's like, it's like a, is there anything else? A spinoff to The Good Wife, because you know I'm knocking down the door to see that. <laughs> Uh, young Sheldon, uh, like like we were looking, going through Ooh. it, going. There's really nothing here except old, you know, CBS shows, and I don't care about the latest city NCIS is in. I don't. So basically, everything CBS has to offer is based on something else that they have to offer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Just, just to be like, clear, I just want to make sure. of the good wife, like the mediocre mistress? Or... <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh, no. Un- yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, no, it's the good fight. Doesn't that just make you want to, like, put your head through a window? The good fight. Fuck mm, off. Yeah. It's just more or another lawyer. CBS a letter. Another lawyer Escaping show. letter. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> so, so, Discovery was Star good. Star Trek Discovery is... Oh, I'm... Huh. I wa- well, let me say, I watched the whole thing. I mean, I, in order to not pay mm. for CBS All Access, <laughs> I jammed out in seven days the whole series. And it how is, many episodes is it? Thirteen. Eh, That's not too bad. Yeah, that's doable. It has got some brilliance to it because it does that thing we were talking about during binge TV, where it arcs. The whole season is really one show, right? And it does. It does on occasion do that Star Trek-y thing of having an episode, you know, that right. you don't need. Yeah. The yeah. the sort of break-off story, and I hated those parts. Uh, they did a whole thing with um, uh, Harvey Mudd, played by Rain Wilson. Yeah. I did not what? need. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and that, that's nice. the thing about Discovery. Like, that... It, so here's the two things I know about it, is one, it's like the... The new timelines version of Enterprise, where it's a prequel to the first movie ah. in the Kelvin timeline, well, and that's... two, they did a Harvey Mudd, you know, so they did the same problem with that they had with mm. with Khan. Well, that's that's another timeline. thing, and it's I don't get, and it's Rain Wilson. They didn't actually say anything about the the Kelvin, like you know, like I I didn't hear whether it was this side or that side of that, um, mm. but. But I, I guess my, my problem is this. In the first episode, they get attacked and parts of the ship get blown off. And the people inside the ship are protected by force fields. 
that keep them from flying out of the ship. Well, that's that's like centuries away. You know, you don't see that kind of stuff until the end of Next Generation. They have holodecks. They have what? androids. They have they have they have <laughs> animatronic <laughs> androids. They have a data basically. And, okay. No. Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. No. It, because, right? yeah. Think about it. A, I prequel, can already see. a prequel to the Kelvin timeline would just be set in the old Star Trek timeline because the yeah. Kelvin hasn't come back in time yet. So no, I call I mean, shenanigan. I don't. I, I know we're all in separate rooms, but I can already see the vein in Brian's forehead just throbbing. Well, I was too. I was watching it, going, "Wait, what the fuck?" I mean, if this is supposed to happen before, I mean, Sarek is a main character in this, so I know what time it takes place in without them telling me. Uh, but that stuff is just you know weak writing. We we can't have stuff happen to the ship without sort of protecting them. We can't have them in other scenes or other settings on the ship without painting yeah. them with a holodeck. It's just, you know, it's They lazy. can't have a holodeck without having, like, a Blade Runner 2049 blackout that, like, removes technology in time for the rest of the queue. No. Yeah. 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 So, I... I That, that kind of bummed me out. Um, but okay. that having been but said... Overall- that having been said, the other side of that... They kill people like they don't care. I mean, they mm. their main characters just get snuffed. And every Star Trek show to date has basically been about a captain and their command and the people beneath them. This is about one officer who gets uh, court-martialed, gets brought back in, has basically no you know agency, really, in, in where she's going. And the the captains of all these ships just get you know killed. So the Game of Thrones, <laughs> the captains, they just the yeah okay. yeah. That's the way to put it. That's okay. the way to put it. Nice. And it's like for once, you know, no one's safe. Uh, the one, th- the other thing that really uh, got me pissed off was the way they do the 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 MacGuffin of this show is the way they do space travel. They found that one thing better than warp drive. Um, without going into all the specifics, basically they're ripping off Dune, where the navigator, okay. yeah, where it's like they basically can travel to all points at once, and the navigator has to find the place to do it, and there's a whole thing in the book of how people get turned into worms in Dune. So, by okay. being so basically, it's the the big giant worm has to do a bunch of coke so that it can open a, yeah. <laughs> a hole in space. Okay. All they have to do to make this not shitty is not have it been a prequel. I was talking to my coworkers about Discovery because some of them were, but they were all saying the same thing. It's like, why can't we just have Star Trek that takes place outside of any existing continuity? Just do it in the future, the next next generation or whatever, and then anything goes. But to to do it in these things yeah. where it has to slot in with other continuity sucks. The the one thing I will the one the one possibility I mean and again this is only the first season maybe they're going to retcon it maybe they're going to figure out uh, a cop out explanation I don't know but because so much of this 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 season spoiler alert has to do with um, the the dark mirror uh, universe yeah I knew that already it's it's possible that all of this stuff that doesn't make sense is part of a third alternate timeline and that this show is really about all of the timelines. You know, it's like, maybe it's going to flip around a lot. Maybe there's an Come explanation on. why their technology is so far it's advanced. It's all bullshit! <laughs> yeah. 
I'm trying to get <laughs> We're a some... bunch of lazy writers. We yeah. like Star Trek too. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, it was it was entertaining and fun because it was dark and it, it was a little bit better than well, fuck. It was a lot better than the other next gen shows that were just but also but also yeah. you were sick as fuck, right? That's so the final that maybe... point. That's the final point I was going to make. When I have not had enough sleep or I am sick, my head goes into a weird direction and I find so much more meaning in things than is actually there. So it's possible I'll watch it again next week, next year when I have it for free and go, ew, how embarrassing. Which luckily dovetails into what I'm (laughs) about to bring up. Oh, cool. Okay. Excellent. Uh, But is that all you have? You just sat on your couch and watched That was it. Just a one. Yeah. Okay. Well, Thanks. Sure. Uh, I can't wait to hear Brian's thoughts on it, if and when I want to like it. it, but everything I hear about it tells me I'm not going to like it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I That's really why we it. didn't go. Okay. I really liked okay. it. I also really had a cold. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. He, he might not have been in his right mind. <laughs> wait so till you get a cold we'll and later. then get CBS All Access and then call me. <laughs> <laughs> didn't pull the trigger. Okay. Yeah. Uh, great. Well, for me, there's only uh, two things. One is real quick. I've been watching the the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. This is like the big to do because my wife's team is actually in the final, the Washington Capitals. First time in 20 they years, win. and they're actually they're actually poised to win it. And like a true fan of the Capitals, she still does not believe that it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, they're one game away from winning, and. Uh, I told her that she's not going to believe it until Ovechkin's hoisting the cup over his head. And she's like, even then, I, I won't believe it. <laughs> so that's how conditioned the Caps are to failure. So this is really fun to watch. Uh, <laughs> but when they played in Vegas, uh, <laughs> they have a, they've gained notoriety for having one of the most ridiculous, most awful pregame shows in the history of pregame shows for any sport because it's Vegas so they bring out all of the stops and and it's basically like uh, medieval times uh, <laughs> on acid I mean they do like a, a pantomime sword and sorcery epic with archers and then they have like a sword fight on the ice and then it's just ridiculous and the thing is like 30 minutes long uh, and they're getting so much shit for it. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. And then at one point, they're bringing in all of these weird Vegas celebrities uh, to talk to on air before the game and, and during intermission. So it's like Ken say, Teller say Teller. and and like whatever magician uh, who's David who's, Blaine, uh, David Copper revealed. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, any of them. Yeah. Uh, but Celine and Britney Spears for some reason, yet? Oh, that would the be Backstreet awesome. Boys. The best one I saw was was Lil John because he lives in Vegas and they let him sing some numbers before a game and I thought oh man I hope he's singing the anthem that would be does awesome because you should have oh say can you what wait a minute does Find he have the dawn's early does he have any other songs other than yeah I figured that was the <laughs> only thing he had <laughs> that's that's the point so I would love to see him do the anthem. I know uh, they had some floor show where the 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 knight basically chopped a plane in half or something. They were talking about it on yeah. NPR and Christ, saying just these it's, people yeah, are crazy. It's yeah, it's it's dumb. So avoid it if you can. Uh, but really, that dovetails into Eric being sick because I actually finally got around to watching because it came on cable for free. 
uh, Batman v Superman. Oh, the yeah. Dawn of Justice. Oh, God. <laughs> and when Eric first saw this thing, he texted me <laughs> right afterward and said, you know, it really was pretty fucking good. I got to tell it. And then like three days later, he went, oh, well, I was sick and I watched it again and I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> oh. So, uh, so, but here's uh. the deal is I was watching it and... Uh, I got to the big fight with Superman and Batman, mm-hmm. and it's like where Batman totally cheats and fills him with kryptonite, and then is about to stab him through the heart with the krypton spear. Martha! Uh, and he's saying, hey, Martha, and he's like, how do you know that name? And then Lois Lane magically runs in and says, it's his mother! Well, right at that point, uh, we had a power surge because of some thunderstorm that was brewing, and all of the power in my neighborhood went out. And I didn't get to finish watching the, less, oh, the rest of the movie, no. so, so I have no idea how it ends. So, like, like some of the worst the power of it. company was trying to s- save you yeah. from having to watch the rest of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I was telling this to a coworker, and he basically said, "Well, that's pretty much where they could have ended it anyway, so you didn't miss oh. anything." Uh, oh, it gets so much worse. But I imagine, I imagine there was a lot of really cool carnage. Because it's a Zack Snyder movie. I imagine uh, at some point one writer said to another writer, Hey, you know, Batman and Superman's mom had the same first name. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> exactly. So they make that a major part of the script and they pitch it to the producer. And it's like, no, they have the same name. Oh, get the fuck out of here. And they tell it to yeah. Zack Snyder. Oh, get the fuck out of here. So that was like <laughs> exactly. the big deal of the whole movie. Yeah, But that's the deal. It's like nothing happens for the entire goddamn movie. And then it finally gets almost interesting and then the power goes out, and I'm like, well, I guess I'm so, going to bed. Doop, 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 doop. So you, you missed the part where um, Mark Zuckerberg Luther uh, explains that everything leading up to that fight was really his grand scheme to get them to fight, that the whole convoluted-ass movie is somehow his master <laughs> yeah. plan. Yeah, it, the oh, movie man. doesn't make a lick of sense. Not at all. Oh, no. And, it really doesn't. And the, and the main thing that I took away from it, and then uh, we can continue on, uh, is that this is why DC movies fail compared to Marvel because they are not fun in any form or fashion. Uh, whereas Marvel at least makes it fun and it's a good time. But these movies, these DC ones that they're doing, uh, it's just excruciating. Yeah. It's just painful. And I just, I don't understand. And they, they wonder why they're bleeding money on these things. Well, it's oh, because you're, you, you're making. It's worse than that, though, because if, if you see Justice League, you'll see DC try to put fun into it. Yeah. It does not work. Yeah, I'm not going to bother. You can't force fun. I think that's the yeah. lesson tonight. I figured out a lot. Uh, I think I figured out a, like a long time ago, though, the reason Marvel works is they actually care about the people and DC cares about like the superpowers, right? Which is why you get such overpowered superheroes in D.C. and why they're all so Republican. They're like very rules based. Fuck you. You're a bad person. And you, you know, it's like black and white. That's it. Whereas Marvel, there's there's some some gray, at least to make it interesting. Yeah. D.C. It's basically just palatable fascism. Uh, Right. Right. (laughs) Right. pretty much what it is so yeah so i may i may return to it because it's on cable now so they're going to show it pretty pretty much every day for the next seven months uh so i'll catch it at some point oh but, yeah uh, you got to sit through the end you got if you've gone okay. that far you, you, <laughs> it's basically you gotta, that's how i felt that's how i felt 
Yeah, but yeah. I'm uh, power through I'm, that. Fucker. I'm not. I've not been fooled into Justice League, though. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> wait. wait do you get it. sick no. again? No, you get Justice sick League. Again? Justice League free. is the movie where Aquaman <laughs> goes, yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I think that's probably the best way to end a fresh shit segment, if ever I've heard one. <laughs> <laughs> does he really say that, or is that a callback? To oh a no, little... he really does. Oh god. He's, Oh, Aquaman is a surfer, bro. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, right it's on. amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, glad. Lord, I'm glad wait. that that this is failing because uh, um, uh, Ben Affleck called my wife a bitch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so fuck him. Uh, what that kind of brings the name me of this, to this episode is Nyquil, Star Trek, and Ben Affleck called my wife a bitch. That's, <laughs> that's the title of this episode. <laughs> well, it does remind me of a uh, like a game I used to play with movie title mashups. And then you could do this one like uh, Justice League of Their Own because it's just, <laughs> it was awful. Uh, <laughs> I've got one for you. Honey, I shrunk the Terminator. <laughs> I don't know why I think that's good. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. Well, but okay. it, it keeps off of the, so I guess I, yeah, I get that. There you yeah. Go. Well, it's no Xana do the right thing, but whatever. I've never oh, been good uh, at this game. <laughs> you had, you, you've had a few from time to time. Uh, the game reminds me when you're driving, uh, my wife and I play a game, we don't really have a name for it, but basically it's just, you, you look at uh, the vehicle in front of you, uh, at the model. So like Ford escape. And then basically you just replace the make with the word anal and then whatever the name of the car is. So anal escape. And you really come to find that most cars have ridiculous <laughs> names when you do this. Uh, so I urge you to try it's it next time you're driving game around. Than the, than the movie title game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is why I brought it up. Anal Bronco. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I drive an anal Volt. So, you know. Yeah, you do. Well, I got an anal soul, and I think I rest my case on That's, that. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> but the only one that I really uh, wanted to bring up there, uh, besides it's a mad, 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 mad Max, uh, was uh, Bridget Bridget Jones's diary of Anne Frank. I always thought that one was funny. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> there you have it. Uh, <laughs> but that kind of shows Three you. Three men in a little shop of horrors. Exactly. Um, it's good. Yeah, barefoot it's good. in Jurassic Barefoot in Jurassic Park. That's a good one too. Uh, <laughs> so the apple dunkling gangs of new york i mean i could go on all day honestly <laughs> didn't um, you have a facebook page of these yeah like uh, like five or six years ago someone talked me into slapping them up on a facebook group that just withered and died on the vine <laughs> <laughs> so there's its resurrection and it's dead again excellent uh <laughs> so that brings us into the uh the meat of the show the one part we've all been waiting for is uh, the double features that we've all decided to come up with, uh, with lots of hard work and thought. Is my yeah. guess. Lots. <laughs> yeah. So I I think we should start with Eric because he uh, he wanted to go earlier and uh, didn't. Mine, we weren't letting him. And I'm almost positive mine's the most boring one. But yeah, okay. I was thinking of that idea of like I say a call and response from one filmmaker to another. Okay. So this would be the worst, uh, uh, the worst double feature you could possibly be forced to sit through. All right, so uh, tell us one, and then we'll see if we can guess the other one, which okay. we probably won't. Okay, the first one would be Kubrick's 2001 The Space Odyssey. Ooh, what would be a response to that? 
Mel Brooks History of the World Part One. <laughs> Spaceballs. No, see, that <laughs> would have made go... a, a good double feature. Uh, the Black Hole. No. We mentioned the Black Hole earlier. I'm going to say the Black Hole. No. Damn it. I don't know. Uh, okay. Uh, Tarkovsky's uh, um, uh, Solaris, which was a okay. direct response to 2001. It's true. Yeah, I guess so it was. So what you're saying is you're doing a lot of cold medicine. Is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're tripping and, balls on cold medicine. Yeah. You just want to stare at this shit. Yeah. And it's obvious by now that Eric is just smarter than everyone else. Stuffy head <laughs> fever achy so that you can get really pretentious uh, uh, medicine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I saw Solaris once. And so you would do the, the original Russian. You're not going to do the Soderbergh no, no, yeah, it has to be the original Russian. Uh, okay, but the, the the reason is you you watch two thousand one, and the whole thing is a celebration of our technology and how we get away from the Earth. Every, every scene with a human is on a space station on a cold set. Is everything is clean and sort of medicinal? We're becoming more like machines. It's very sad, really, okay. but that's looked at as progressive. And we're now moving to the next stage, which is running away from the Earth. Whereas Solaris is about how we're on the Earth, and as we go to technology, things get worse. And the further we try and run away from who we are, the worse we make things. It's basically the difference between extroversion and introspection. And when you watch them together, you kind of get it. Um, it's the reason. I think once I saw Solaris, that I was like, oh. That's why I don't like 2001. 2001 has way better effects, but it's wildly <laughs> depressing if you think about the what it's well, you know. so so is Solaris. Uh, that was a tough haul. I I've watched it, but it's yeah. I guess I don't know if I, I I got it. I got into it once I realized it's okay that he's never leaving Solaris. That you know. He, he, He's folded in on himself, but he, at least he's dealing with himself. He's going to find happiness, you know? Is is this why you like Saturn 3 so much? I didn't like Saturn 3, but I... Okay. Yeah. That one, I, I okay. feel like something I had to go through, like a cold. Okay. So, like you've completed the cycle. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I oh, got, yeah, that I would be you. a good, like, uh, a trailer to play in between the two features. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like a bridge. Right. I like it. I like it. Like Hobo okay. with a shotgun. <laughs> Which makes perfect sense for, for those two. Right. Okay. Uh, it's no The Great Escape to Brokeback Winch Mountain, but <laughs> we'll let it slide. <laughs> uh, so, would you watch that double feature, Brian? Or no? I would fall asleep during that double feature. Yeah. Like, which part? Uh, <laughs> like, would you Dude, fall asleep and wake up and then fall asleep again? I don't again? think I would make it a half hour into 2001 before I'd be snoring. I, I mean, okay. Well, uh, as, as marketing goes, uh, as marketing goes, if we were running a theater and Eric programmed that and we got butts and seats, because let's face it, those are two heavy hitters, we would grab the cash and then everybody would fall asleep. Uh, the downside yeah, is that they'd be asleep. As, well, the downside, they'd be asleep and they wouldn't buy any concessions. So to, to thanks para, a lot, To Eric. paraphrase uh, Roseanne Barr, I was double featuring on Ambien. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So not soon that's enough. That's why. Not soon enough. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a response for this, Brian? Do you have anything uh, that will, will lift our spirits and take us out yeah, of this? Yeah, let's, let's, let's My not double make it so heady. Is, is very different. Um, okay. So, 
Okay, first of all, just just an uh, honorable mention to... I tried really hard to come up with a good double feature to go with The Untouchables, the Brian De Palma Ooh. Untouchables. But that would be tough. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, but God damn it, The Untouchables is awesome. Uh, no, Dylan. so what I ended up with... Dylan. The ki- Dylan. Okay, sorry, I was doing the music. Yep. Oh yeah, I was trying to come up with like movies that Armani had done the costumes for. Oh yeah, you know and that kind of. Okay. But it just it just wasn't working. Man, um, you, were, you were you were really going for broke. I like <laughs> yeah. <that>. So <laughs> the connective tissue between the two movies in my double feature are, um, these are movies that I saw that were that were extremely like local for me and. To my knowledge, neither of these movies was ever released on DVD or Blu-ray. Ooh. Ooh. Um, Even more intriguing. The first of them I saw with Eric is Home of the Brave by Laurie Anderson. It's a concert film Mm. from Laurie Anderson's Mr. Heartbreak Tour. And Eric, I, I have the videotape of it. I actually, like tried to capture the video of it to give to you as a Christmas present years ago uh-huh. but the tracking on it like kept screwing up the V-Sync on my capture card and so I've got it in pieces and I never bothered to finish <laughs> so it's sort of like watching it from real time back in it's, the early oh, no, 90s. it's worse because like the, it, 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 it like splits the screen it, it's like the whole screen it's offset by a quarter and it's like you know the wrong corner is in the wrong corner it's, but of it's course all but it is it is Laurie Anderson though so it could fit so, yeah, almost you know. I, okay. I, I, I could Control the player heads with my midi suit. <laughs> with my mind. Yeah, that's a joke no <laughs> one will get because no one's seen this movie except for us. But <laughs> but okay. she has a midi suit. Yeah, she does a little <laughs> dance and she's doing drums based on the, the motion she's I doing. I remember watching that with you and I'm, I am I am floored by how awesome this movie is. But then I hear you go, holy shit, she has a midi suit. And I was like, yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? What is that? I don't know. That must be good. Wow. You know, and then you explained it to me. I was like, okay, yeah, wow. Oh, yeah. Fly on that wall. Adrian, Adrian Blue is the guitarist on yeah. this tour. Oh, and, daddy. Yeah, great graduate and William from the Mothers S- of Invention. Yeah. Yeah, and William S. Burroughs comes out and gives a little poem. Like, anyway, highly recommended if you haven't seen I'm sure it's gone by on YouTube by now, but. Home of the Brave by Laurie yeah. Anderson. And, mm. and the other one, um, in my heart of hearts, this is a Lake Six movie, but it's not because I didn't see it at the Lake Six. But we saw the slide for Nice Girls Don't Explode for like oh, three years. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> we finally watched it on video at your house one yeah, night. I still have that on video. Another one I need to capture. <laughs> um, what is this? Wallace Shawn. Uh, yep. What's his, his big name line is from Ellen. the movie? Ellen, yeah, that's right. It's Ellen. Yeah. So um, Michelle Mayrink, the the girl from Real Genius, is uh-huh. the lead in and, this. And Valley Girl. Was she in Valley Girl? I don't remember. Yeah, probably. She, she was the she was the daughter of the slutty mother. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay. Um. Anyway, the the gag in this is that um. She is a fire girl, which means that if she ever gets like too hormonal, fires start erupting around her spontaneously. And what we come to find out is that this is all just bullshit that's been planted in her head by her controlling mother, 
who was stalking her and lighting the fires to prevent her daughter from losing her virginity. <laughs> it is a goofy, goofy movie where she falls uh, in love with a guy who wants to play ping pong for a living. And it's about arson and uh, hormones. <laughs> That's the clearest. So how does that fit with the Home of the Brave? Uh, it was a movie that nobody saw. It was, uh, like I said, it was sort of like a little in-joke for our group, and it was okay. never released on DVD. Okay. So, so you, that's my you double went, feature. Wow, you went super esoteric. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, good like luck when I was in these movies, double feature. Yeah, when I was envisioning this show, uh, I figured of any of us, you would be like the populist choice. And yeah. You know what? It would I've make got, sense. I've got a new one. I want to do Brazil, the European cut, <laughs> and then, uh, uh, um, oh God, I wanted to, I just, uh, oh, what, fuck me running. What is the name of that goddamn movie? Um, <laughs> Who's in it? It's the Mike Judge movie where they work in the office. PC load error. What the office fuck does space. that mean? Office, office space. space. Yeah. Brazil, yeah. then office space. Okay. Now, Brazil was almost one of my double features with the Untouchables because they both have a Potemkin stairs scene. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't they go there. Do a lot of black and white uh, exterior coloring. Like, not, not intentionally black and white. It's just black and white, stark everything. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah. Yeah. The Brazilian okay. so office Eric, space. Uh, office space. I can see it. That makes what order would you screen them in? I think it would have to be in that order, or people would be cutting their wrists in the theaters. You know, it's like like Brazil like lets you off on this this area of oh wow this really is fucked and uh, uh, the the office thing whose name I can't remember again that gives you some hope of escape. Yeah, the space of the office gives you a hope for escape. Well, I'm glad you wrote office space because it, it. literally has one of my favorite ending lines of any movie ever and it's just uh the hero of office space looking off in the distance just going fucking a <laughs> they make that, that I don't film know, is I don't know eminently why. quotable yeah what would it you is. do if somebody said you have a bad case of the mondays i don't know jesus i i guess i just have to kill him <laughs> anything that Lawrence says yeah you know, I'm, I'm uh, doing the drywall pair to McDonald's and uh, Loma Vista <laughs> so uh. I saw I was at this I was at a party in a club in San Francisco and the, you know this is maybe old hat for everybody else but this was new to me at the time and the, the DJ there had this great gimmick um, in that he had a turntable hooked up to scrub video so he was cutting and scratching, but he was cutting and scratching video, and the video he was cutting was the O face line from Office Space Guy. I'm gonna show him my O face. O face. O. But this guy's like O O face, right? Like, and it was, you know, it was up on the on the wall getting scrubbed. It was genius. God, things go well. I'm showing him my O face. What's your double feature, Chris? This one, uh, it's it's probably the most obvious connection of any of these selections that we've all been making. But it honestly is the first one that I thought of uh, when I thought, what's a good double feature? It harkens back to the late 70s when 
I was a kid watching HBO and there were like three movies that I watched constantly and they're just part of the fabric of my circuitry. Uh, it was one was the whiz, which thankfully I've forgotten most of. <laughs> uh, and I don't know any of the songs, but that was a tough one. He's on down the road. Come on. Nipsey Russell. Uh, one uh-huh. was California Sweet, which is a Neil Simon uh, star-studded mm-hmm. extravaganza about a bunch of uh, bitter couples uh, all having misadventures. And not a not a good movie for an eight-year-old. I'm just going to be on the record with that, but I watched it all the time. Uh, but the one that I could not get enough of uh, was Hooper with Burt Reynolds, oh, which was yeah. uh, a 1978 opus from the the team that brought us smoking the bandit about stuntman. it's all about a a, about a stuntman uh named hooper who is on the twilight of his career and basically he has been told by his doctor if he if he does one more bad fall he could be crippled uh but he decides to go for it because then that young like a big, buck, uh, uh, Michael J- Jan Michael Vincent shows up yeah, with all yeah. his college learning to uh, upend yeah. the the status quo of stunt work, and together they gotta yeah. help each other do something. I don't know. Yeah, so they're doing they're working on some ridiculous James Bondy type movie called The Spy Who Laughed, and it's starring Adam West playing a version of Adam West, and then the directors. Uh, played by Robert Klein, who apparently is modeled on Peter Bogdanovich. And the whole movie is just this like connected vignette of stunt to stunt to stunt that don't really do anything other than show what stunt work is like. Uh, but I loved it as a kid because it's just basically spectacle and, on top of spectacle. And you're tying this to The Wiz? No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh. No, no. Hooper is the one that I chose as the starter. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. So... I, I just, I just, for any any way that I can talk about Hooper uh, in any conversation. Because I'm going to tell you right, right now, me. if you were going to marry it to the Wiz, you'd win. I mean, that right there is. <laughs> I don't know how I would do that, <laughs> but uh, I'll think about it. But then I, then I thought, well, what would I pair with Hooper? Uh, and this one pretty much is for Eric because he's the one that introduced me to this movie. Uh, but it's from 1980. Uh, Peter O'Toole, Steve Railsback, mm-hmm. and Barbara Hershey called the Stuntman, mm-hmm. and it. it is without a doubt the the most fuck you movie to Hollywood <laughs> I think I have ever seen in my entire life. And that's even above the player or any of those. It is so ridiculous. Tell the so why. <laughs> Basically, Peter O'Toole plays a a megalomaniac, maniacal director. Uh, who ends up getting a stuntman killed on the shoot, but he wants to finish his movie. And so he comes across Steve Railsback, who's running from the law and kind of has something to do with the stuntman dying. And so rather than turn him into the cops, he basically convinces him to be his stuntman for these more and more outrageous stunt sequences where it doesn't matter if he dies or not uh, and puts him through the ringer. And the whole thing is just like Peter O'Toole in his little crane basket, just whizzing around like the angel of death and just <laughs> dropping into frame. Yeah. Uh, 
and <laughs> and it's just stuff like where he's he's talking to the the screenwriter at some point and they're trying to hash out you know a way to jazz it up a little bit and the and the, the writer's just like well I, I know i'm only the writer but how about this i mean that right there said so much to me about how it worked in hollywood i mean it was just so and ridiculous he's, he's making an a a world war one movie that's an anti-war film and yeah. he, the director keeps you know worrying about if it looks too good, then it might end up make be looking pro-war. So he's making it more and more ridiculous so people won't yeah. like the war. And then this guy shows up <laughs> who is full of uh, post-traumatic stress disorder from Vietnam. And so he decides to fuck with him. <laughs> make it work in such a major way yeah. and it's just from the get-go and it's just it's excruciating to watch but at the same time i can never stop watching once i start because it's just so mesmerizing how this is is working uh because he just convinces them one after the other and peter o'toole plays such a manipulator in this thing that there's even a scene uh where barbara hershey's actress character is about to do like a really dramatic scene. It's set during the World War II and there's Nazis and she's supposed to be horrified at whatever she's done to help them. And in the previous scene, he was showing dailies and her parents were there and it was a nude scene. And it was just them being horrified that their daughter was buck naked doing this scene. And then right before they shoot, Peter O'Toole tells her this and then walks away to shoot the scene and she's literally horrified when it happens i'm like that is just the, such a shitty shitty thing to do but when you watch it on film it's amazing oh so the stunt man uh with peter o'toole that's my other double feature i'll watch that movie anytime yeah yeah it took him like eight years to double make it features the most entertaining one probably well it's it's all about putting butts in seats man <laughs> Put, putting butts in seats because uh, my my <laughs> my follow up my my alternate though was uh, Groundhog Day and Mad Dog and Glory, uh, just because yeah. I like Bill Murray. So yeah. again, and, I, and both, I went both animals. Yeah, Bill Murray animal movies. Yeah. So both both my choices are pretty much just uh, super cheesy, very obvious ones. Yeah, but. I couldn't while, help it. And my initial complaint was a double features take too long. And yet the two films I pulled are like, I think <laughs> super long, long. Yeah. And just about nearly, I am sure Solaris is nearly four hours long. Yeah. That, that would be worse than sitting through all three original star Wars movies in one sitting. Yeah. Or <laughs> all three of the, uh, 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 Lord of the Rings movies. Oh God. People yeah. actually oh, do man. that. Or the, no, I, the I didn't do that in of, one sitting. Avengers we marathon. Did. We did the extended uh, versions of Lord of the Rings, but we did them like once, like half of each one, uh, once a week. So it was like six weeks <laughs> of you know hour so and a half. You, you, yeah, you serialized it. You serialized yeah. it. I like. Yeah, it. I turned like it. it into a TV show. When you uh, when you came back to it, did you do a <laughs> previously on Lord of the Rings? Not <laughs> and then do a recap. Okay. It doesn't. There isn't a whole uh, lot of. There isn't a whole lot of catch up. All you got to remember is, oh, Mr. Frodo, Sam Ganges, and then you've got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, this is the one I forgot. I wish I'd have done this one instead. Uh, the man with two brains and the man who knew too much. I thought mm. that would be a funny one. The man who knew too much and the man who knew too little. Exactly. Or uh, the Deadpool starring Clint Eastwood as Dirty Harry and and De- Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh 
I got a million of them. I got a million of them. Don't forget to tip your waitress. Try the veal. (laughs) That's our show, episode 53. A wrap, as they say. We'd like to thank you for stopping by and join our little talk about double features. Oh, we had some fun, didn't we? I hope you played along at home and didn't hit stop. So if you made it this far, we really appreciate you sticking around. Uh, as always, send us an email, magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. We would, uh, again, love to hear from you, as we always love to hear from anyone, uh, literally anyone. Uh, I kid. So, yeah, there's the address. You can also head over to our Twitter page, at MagHuge. Uh, go ahead, follow us, if you would, and then like all our posts and uh, comment on things and retweet us. That would be amazing. And then also Facebook. We're uh, on there uh, at Magnificently Huge Podcast. Again, same thing. You know, follow our page, comment on things, share us, like the stuff we do. Uh, it's just, it's fun. It really is. So, again, thank you for playing along. And then you can always find our podcast wherever podcasts are found. That's iTunes is a good one. Uh, if you head over there, review us, uh, give us five stars, subscribe to us, etc. We would, uh, again, appreciate it uh we're also on soundcloud same thing stitcher google play really just uh we ask that you find us and subscribe and share us around and uh, leave comments and you know get involved let's make this a little interactive thing great lastly don't forget to head over to our fabulous website maghuge.com uh where we have tons of fun stuff going on all the time new shows old shows uh, ephemera images uh maybe a blog post or two from time to time Uh, anything can happen over there it's like the wild west and uh stuff so thanks again for stopping by we hope you like the show and uh we'll see you again next week for another rousing discussion uh, about something so catch you next week bye-bye